0: Hello, good people. If you're tired of a world of fake news, fake personalities, and fake images, you're tuning to the right place. This is Sean Barksdale, and this is 10 Minutes of Truth. Forget about what somebody else think about you. What do you think about you? Your past don't define you. If you'd like to become a sponsor or advertise on 10 Minutes of Truth podcast, contact me, Sean Barksdale. You can reach me at 434-446-6633 or shoot me a text. Or you can reach us at 10MinutesOfTruth.com. And remember, we'll always provide a platform for your truth on the 10 Minutes of Truth podcast. What's your truth? Hello, everybody. This is Sean A. Barksdale, and this is 10 Minutes of Truth. Everyone knows that uh, 10 Minutes of Truth is more of a conversation than an interview. Um, I have to (laughs) be very, very honest um, because this is a place where you can get rid of fake news and fake images and things of that nature, right? And when I started to delve into these two next guests that we have, it was phenomenal. I mean, it was a phenomenal job. So I'm going to try my best. (laughs) I'm going to try my best to describe these individuals, but they're really going to have to tell their own story. Uh, The first... Is a uh, Mr. Ryan Garrett, a financial advisor that has expanded in uh, this field for a few decades now, and a father of NASCAR sensation, Colin Garrett, um, sponsor of American Dream Team, and an, if I do say so myself, a very savvy dresser, sir, uh, at, which we'll be talking about fashion as well, uh, being that I'm in the fashion business. Uh, next. Uh, this young lady, when I started to really, really look into all of the things that you have done, I was blown away. Like I said, I told you earlier, I went down a rabbit hole and like all weekend long, I was just like, wow, wow, wow. Really? Did they, did they really? <laughs> <You know? laughs> so this lady, chief web officer of GLERN, and she is known as a guerrilla brand strategist. And I study uh, myself uh, guerrilla marketing, and it's a, an what they would say, an old concept, but it's very effective. And I understand that she is very effective in what she does. She's the author of two very great books. One is called The Boomer Cash Out, which I, I definitely will let you explain that. And a new one that's coming out is called uh, Disrupt Your Now, The Successful Entrepreneur's Guide to uh, reimagining your business and life and we're definitely going to get into a lot of this please help me welcome miss Lisa Kipps Brown how are you guys today hey we're thanks great. for having us absolutely absolutely I, I I didn't do these guys justice I'm telling you we're from a small <laughs> town known as Halifax County but it's, it's, it's a great town and when I had never met you I had heard of you two before but I had never met you before and like I said, when I started researching and going over the things you've done, it is just phenomenal, the work that you guys are doing. And today, everybody out there, listen to me. When I tell you, by the end of today, you will definitely know their truth and their mission and their cause. Um, I want to first say, uh, Ryan, how you doing, bro? I'm great, brother. How are you? I'm good, man. Uh, I got to be honest, a little bit stereotypical. Uh, when I first heard you, a financial advisor, you know, i thinking, you know, pocket protector, you know, the Coke bottle glasses. <laughs> <laughs> so the first picture I see, man, is you and Colin on the track. I was like, oh, OK, hold on. Wait a minute. This this guy has the, you know, the dog denim jeans on and look like you had ostrich boots on, brother. <laughs> so where did you get your, your, your fashion taste from first? Never been conventional. I promise really? you that.
1: So back in the. Well, un- unfortunately, back in the early seventies, right, um, everybody on the seventh grade basketball teams got white chucks. Not me. I got orange chucks on because <laughs> that was our it. school colors, right? <laughs> and so, anyway. I, I I've always been unconventional, I, I would say. But I was um, I was a partner of a Fortune five hundred um, company, and and probably I guess about fifteen years in in, in leadership, and I wore a suit for 33 years wow. and i was i mean i, I like to dress and it, right. was, it was fun right but as soon as i retired from uh being a partner still a financial advisor but as soon as i retired from being a partner i said you know what i get home every night i put my jeans and boots on right i'm gonna start wearing my jeans and boots every day to the office and so for the last three years this is me
0: <laughs> i love it man i love it I, hey, listen i know they may not be able to see that shot. But when I came in the first, you know, first thing I did, I looked at the boots. I was like, yeah, he's on, <laughs> he's on, he's on. And, and you're not too, too, too shabby yourself. Um, uh, Brown over there.
1: Well, um, it also comes from doing this for you know right. 35 years. Absolutely. Now I'm like, okay, I, I want clients who, who
0: like that. I dress this right. way. Right. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, Simply, what brings you two, uh, a, a web developer and designer, <laughs> and a financial advisor, what brings you two together? You, you tell that one.
2: Okay. Well, besides living in the same town, you right. know, uh, little backstory. I grew up here, but lived in Florida for, for almost 20 years. Okay. Ron was actually moving here when I was moving away, so we didn't know each other. Anyway, fast forward many years. I'm back in town. And one of his assistants, one of the ladies who work with him, heard about my book, Boomer Cash Out. And she said, I didn't know you do all that stuff. And she said, you and Ryan need to get to know each other. So, you know, we had met socially, and all I knew was, Ryan is an investment advisor. Mm -hmm. And so, we got together one day, and we just started yakking. And we're like, well, we need to do something together, but we don't know what, you know. And so, we kind of left it at that. We talked about doing a lot of things, but we never decided what to do. And then, out of the blue, I guess it was about a year later, he called and said, Hey, will you come and talk with me and Colin about his racing? And I, you know, at the time I was like, well, that's not really my thing, but I'll go talk. I'll talk. We'll have a talk and, you know, I'll kind of help steer him. And I figured that would be it. But as soon as I met Colin, I just fell in love with him. And I was like, oh, my God, I really want to work with this young man. And then, of course, the more Ryan and I got to know each other, we always say we share, well, we used to say we share a brain. Now we say we share half a brain. That's <laughs> the <truth. laughs> Because Sorry. sometimes we feel like we're crazy. <laughs> but we just are both very entrepreneurially minded, and we, we have different strengths, but our strengths come together in a really cool way, and we just have a great time working together.
1: Absolutely. I've never met anybody where we think so much alike. Yeah. And I mean, really? it's, yeah, it's, it's kind of scary. It's kind of scary. I say What's if an you've example? met one, you've met right. the other one. Um, but it's it's true. I mean, it really is true with Lisa. It's so many things. but And, you know, Jill and Tom get to go to bed, and she and I are texting each other <laughs> at midnight. You're like, wait a minute, I got another idea, right? Beautiful. But the, but the issue with us is if you give, all we have to do is just throw something out there. And then all of a sudden, just, we just attack it.
2: Yeah. And oh, it's okay. like ping pong. Oh, yeah. He'll say something, and that makes me think of something. And it just goes back and forth, and it morphs. We start here, mm. and it morphs out into this huge thing. Mm. So our ideas get bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger. <laughs> um, but we just have a really good time working together. And I don't know if y'all have ever heard of the Colby test. K-O-L-B-E. Well, I'm not into personality tests at all. You know, we've all taken the Myers-Briggs, and it's like, yeah, whatever. But I was told about the Colby test, and it isn't personality. It's the way your brain works Hmm. and, like, what energizes you and what doesn't. So he and I took it independently of each other, and we were like, it gives you four score. It gives you a score in each of four categories, and nothing's wrong. It's like a range. And I think we were only, like, one point off.
1: And, and it was you know, it scores like, you know, here and here. Mm-hmm. And so we're one off this way and we're one off that way. Yeah. We're off the charts, but we're off the charts it together. It was really so. bizarre. <laughs> yeah,
2: Beautiful. it's like you could have laid hours on top of each that other and it great, was almost man. the same. So I, I text him. I'm like, okay, now I get it. <laughs> you know, now I understand why we but work we together. But we could so. never
1: work for each oh,
2: other. Oh, no. We right. could can't never work other. for each other. Right. Yeah. I mean, right. we
1: both... I mean, oh my god. I, you gotta have an assistant who's exactly <laughs> yeah. the opposite, right, to make it work. And yeah. we are not opposite.
2: <laughs> and we and we also have to have a spouse like Tom and Jill who are who are grounded. Right. Yep. You know, and they bring us back to reality and you right. know as close as they can get <laughs> us. Yeah, <there>. exactly.
0: Beautiful. <laughs> uh I mean, I just I want to start with racing. Mm-hmm. Right. Um softballs, right? Let's talk about softballs for just a second. You know the Salt Boston Speedway. You know they've pegged it as the mecca of uh, short track uh, racing in Virginia, and, and and we know what it is in the community. Do you remember the first race you ever went to, Ryan?
1: Oh yeah, really. And and Colin is gonna die when I tell this really? story. <laughs> He's gonna die. So I got to start with this, though. Okay. So so I, I was never into racing. Not that I. Didn't like it. I mean, like fast cars. I drive fast cars. My wife drives a you know, faster car than I do. Right. She drives a, a Charger Hellcat, right? Okay. So 700 horses, right? And I'm my, my little CTSV out <laughs> in the parking lot, right? But, um, but ra- I mean, racing, it, it, I don't know. I didn't understand it. I, I guess that's the easiest way. I didn't understand it. So I, I'd, I'd watch this on TV, they're going around, around, around. It just, anyway, I didn't get it, right? Like most things, if you right. don't understand it, it's hard to enjoy it, right? So the first race I went to, Colin was begging to go, and our neighbors often took him. So the uh, the Gosnies, our um, neighbors out there, and, and uh, they would often take Colin, take Colin to the racetrack. Well, one time anyway, they couldn't go, and he's like, "You know, I want to go to the race." Okay, I took a book. <laughs> So I thought, this is going to be so boring. I have something else to do, right? I mean, I'm sitting here. Anything else. (laughs) Anything else. It was, and again, he's going to die here in the story, but but it was the truth. I mean, I just, it it, it just wasn't in my world. Right. Well, so, and so he didn't race. He'd always said, I'm going to be a race car driver. But, you know, he's almost 15 years old before he talked me into um, Mm. buying a little race car and that's a whole story maybe we can tell it at some other time but anyway his mom said you know go why don't you go with him and look at this car um it was going to be $5,000 for the whole thing i said $5,000 i'm not spending $5,000 on racing <laughs> which if you know now <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> a couple million dollars right. later right, right. Right, right but at the time i was like i'm not doing that right <laughs> anyway, so my appreciation for racing didn't start until he started racing, and again, mm-hmm. he's almost fifteen. He's only twenty now, so mm-hmm. to go from this little four-cylinder car, not knowing anything, wow, you know, well, almost six years ago, mm-hmm. to now racing Xfinity and you know all the different thing- things he's doing. But here's my point of that whole story: I love it. Mm-hmm. I love it, and I can't believe how much I love it compared to where I started. Right. Mm-hmm. It's fun to watch him, and and we'll, I'm sure, get into that story even more. But my first impression of racing
0: is definitely not my world today. It is so much fun. It's a journey. It's a great journey. How about you, Lisa?
2: Well, growing up here, you know, I could always hear the races at night because I grew up just right over here in Centerville, but we didn't go to the race. My uncle always went because he was in the rescue squad and he loved it. But my father was blind. He could have cared less because it would have hurt his ears. Mm -hmm. And, you know, we were three girls and we kind of thought only rednecks go to the race, Mm -hmm, you know, and fast forward. Well, I went to Virginia Tech and this guy from like D.C. said, oh, you're from South Boston like, yeah, and he goes, oh, my gosh, we go there all the time to race. And that was my first flicker that, ooh, maybe racing's okay, especially if if cute guys go, you know. But anyway, the first race that I went to actually was at Charlotte Motor Speedway, a cup race, and I was in the pits with hot passes. And I'm one of these people, I don't like heights, and I don't like really fast speed. I felt like I couldn't breathe. The first several laps, I literally felt like I couldn't breathe. Then I got used to it and I was like, oh, this is cool. But um, after that, I sponsored a a local team here, a girl that was driving, sponsored her for a couple of years. But still, you know, I'm not a real racing aficionado, but, you know, have helped some other drivers and so forth. And so but then when I hooked up with Colin, you know, I'm obviously a lot more interested now in the racing itself. But I have to be honest, the business side of it fascinates Mm. me. So, and that's one of the things, one of our goals is, mm-hmm. because we think differently than people who mm-hmm. have been in the sport forever, so we we look at it differently, and that's one of our goals, is to disrupt
0: this whole thing, you mm-hmm. know? Yep. That is absolutely wonderful. I remember being around eight or nine, right? Mm-hmm. And my great-grandfather took me to softball's and Speedway. And, of course, I was, I want to go, you know, cars just going around the track. <laughs> yeah. I was the exact same way. And... That smell, the fuel first when I yep. went in and when he said start your engine, I was like, oh, and the hair stood up. Yeah. And it was really when that pace caught and he dropped that flag. And then when they first came around, and I was like, this it! I was um, <laughs> I was amazed. I was hooked after that. I was hooked after that. And um, it's, it's a great sport. It's a great sport. And which just, you know, leads us into your son, man. Cause a unique individual, man. So
1: so to take that, so that feeling right. it, it's true until you look out there and you see your kid out there Ooh. who's, you know, fourteen and nine months or whatever the heck he was, right? But I mean <clears throat> I mean it is cool and all those feelings and, and, and the, the the sights, the sounds. And then I looked out there and saw my kid Ooh. and all I wanted was for the race to be over. Wow. For like two years. I mean, I thought it was cool that he was out there. I loved it, but I still I just wanted the race to be over with, Ooh, right? Just right. safety. All that I didn't know, right? I didn't understand all that stuff. All I knew is that man, this looks crazy, and he doesn't even know what he's doing out, there, right? He's never been in a car, and and he's just going out there. Second year is the same way. We we bought him a, a, a little, you know, a little bigger car. The the first car just had a lot of issues, so we couldn't even tell whether he's actually a good driver or not. Second year had a better car, so we could tell that you know there was something in there. But I still just wanted the races to be over with. So the excitement at the beginning, absolutely true. But then when I'm looking at Colin, I thought, man, I just want this thing to be done.
0: Wow. Uh, For our listeners here at 10 Minutes of Truth, we we tell the truth without a doubt. And I want to just talk about some facts about Colin, because it's something that you said is not a conventional driver. He didn't come up racing go-karts and, like, other drivers, right? But when I started studying, because i seen him race, but I didn't know about him. When I really started to delve into Colin, uh, his first race, 2015, correct? Mm -hmm. And he finished eighth place at the uh, South Boston track. Rookie of the year next year, right? Yep. And then, uh, but the thing about this, people listening, he broke the qualifying record twice. Yeah. Twice. It was, it was it's fascinating. And uh, just his third year out racing, he wins the limited sportsman's division championship in 2017. How did that make you feel, Ryan? So the way it happened
1: is, is more of the story of how it made me feel. So obviously mm-hmm. proud. He's my kid. You know, hope, hope every daddy's proud of their kid and, and what they're doing. But, um, but the way he, he had to do this um again stories he's going to hate but but this is uh, the part of his journey Mm. um he didn't know how to pass somebody on the track until about midway that that year his championship year now i say didn't know how to pass somebody but somebody who didn't want to be passed right Mm -hmm. there's a there's a technique right where where do you you know you nudge them a little bit you move them all the race fans are laughing at me now because here i am trying to make this this uh this simple but But the, but the point is he didn't really know how to do that. And his coach would tell everybody on the track, he said, as soon as he learns how to pass, y'all are done. (laughs) So, you know, I thought, okay, that's cool, but I don't know either. Right. I don't know a lot about racing, so I don't know what this, you know, what this stuff, uh, how he's doing this. So he literally, his coach, Frank Denny, his coach pulls out these matchbox cars Carries these matchbox cards around and showing Colin on the, like on the floor, right? (laughs) How to pass. Now here's a kid who's obviously has innate talent, but here's what Colin, here's what's fascinating about watching that kid is that his processing time, the time it takes for him to take information in and, and use it right (laughs) to, to actually do something He he sees it, he hears it, and then he can execute. Oh wow! So he can be told from the tower. His spotter can say, "I want you to whatever it is he wants him to do." And by the you know that could be on the front stretch, and by the back stretch, Colin is executing. He's Mm -hmm. doing it, and it might take him a couple of times, but eventually it's like, "Yep, got it." And so, so anyway, that's what was fascinating. Is once Colin learned how to pass, he was fast already. Once he learned how to pass. Then let me finish the the story that you asked me or the question you asked me to win the championship. It was so tight. The the points were so tight. I mean, Trey Cruz, what a great driver. And and so he was in the mix uh, at the time too. So the points were really tight. So at South Boston, of course, you can get passing points if you choose to go to the back and pass people (laughs) to get additional points. So, I mean, Trey was doing the same thing and Colin was doing it. They would qualify well and then they'd choose to go to the back so that hopefully they could you know, pr- finish well but also get all these passing points. Well, that's what Colin had to do is he had to, the last three races, he had to qualify well, first or second, and go all the way to the back and win to win the championship. And he did it. Last three races, <laughs> that's exactly what he did. That's the kind of thing... That I look at, yes, I'm proud of my kid. Yep, it was cool that he's, you know, hoisting the trophy. But what he had to do to get there, that's what was that's what was mind blowing to me. And to watch, you know, to watch your own kid, but any athlete execute like that, that's when I knew we had something special. And by the way, that third year, I finally, I I finally that thought of I just want the race to be over was gone. that the the first race or second race, I guess I wasn't here for the first race. The second race was, um, I realized I was watching him and I just wanted him to get up there. I just wanted him to, you know, to be in front. And I went, Hey, that feeling's gone. (laughs) (laughs) That idea of God, I just want this to be over. That was cool.
0: That's fascinating. I mean, it it, it really is. And I'm, I'm glad you told that story. Um, something happens though. Uh, (laughs) <laughs> and this is mm-hmm. funny right here, right? Because as we're researching, we start to look at the team on Mr. Sam Hunt, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> so as we're studying, trying to find out about Mr. Sam Hunt, <laughs> we come into another Sam Hunt, who's a country Sam Oh, singer. Well, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> so my constituent comes <laughs> like... Hey, do you know who owns it? I was like, Sam Hunt? He was like, yeah, we're going to the concert. Oh, my gosh, that's hilarious. I was like, nah, that's not the same. Oh, Sam.
1: Although our Sam Hunt did get a lot of additional Twitter followers there for a short it. period of time.
0: That's excellent. Um, Sam Hunt, he's a young man as well. I think Sam is around 25.
1: He's 27 now. 27 now. Yeah, now. yeah. yeah.
0: Uh, most people would think Sam had it easy, but yeah. after researching and studying and and finding out, uh, <laughs> they mimicked him to uh, Chris Farley. Yeah, uh, on the SNL <laughs> when he uh, <laughs> used to he stay in, in the van. The right when he stayed, but he he sacrificed. Yep. And I'm learning, and I've learned that that's what your team is about—sacrifice. Mm-hmm. Right. Uh, Tell us about Mr. Sam Hunt. Yeah. So, so you tell
1: about Sam about your initial th- because. Because I already knew him, yeah. Right, but, but talk talk about how you how you felt about him.
2: Well, um, Sam and Colin started racing together. What was it, the third, fourth season, third yeah, season, four,
1: fourth season, fourth yeah. season?
2: And Sam had a brand new K and N series team, and they figured that they would, you know, do three races together, and that would be it. But they just clicked. They were like brothers, mm-hmm. and so they ended up racing together the rest of the season. But that was before. I started working with them. So I met him that winter after Ron called me in, and I just was blown away by Sam's kindness. Mm. And he is so, so professional, such a hard worker, so kind, generous, just a great person. And I know that probably sounds just, people probably rolling their eyes, but I'm telling you, If you ever get to meet Sam, you'll know what I mean. And the thing that I love about working with him and Colin is that the two of them have this work ethic together and they remind me of us old folks. Mm. You know, they remind me back in the day, they remind me of how it used to be. And not saying that young people are not good now. I'm not saying that at all. But like what Ryan was talking about, sacrifice, just watching these two young men working together and racing for something bigger than themselves Has just just made me feel so great. But Sam actually wanted to be a professional driver, and he realized that he would never be able to make it. So, during high school, he wanted to be a he wanted to own a team, and he went to JD Gibbs, um, Coach Gibbs' son, and asked him to help him get started. And he said, "Well, you go to college." Then come back and talk to me. So we went to VCU and got his degree in finance. I think he finished in three years. And he went back and he said, I did what you told me to do. Now I want my team. And JD actually helped him start the team. And that was the year that Ron, I mean, that Colin started racing with him. He is just an amazing young man, though. I, I couldn't be prouder to work with these two guys than I am.
1: Yeah, and I know uh, Sam's parents would, would absolutely say the same thing, but, you know, I feel like he's my kid. They feel like Colin's their kid. I mean, yeah. it's just, we just, that family feel is, um, it's just, it it's one of the special parts. There's a lot yeah, of special things about this team, but that's one yeah. of the, the most special things, which uh, actually right now is really challenging because we don't have the funding mm-hmm. for Colin to be with Sam right now. I know we've jumped a- ahead by quite a bit, but at the moment, Sam's had to you know sell a lot of his rides to some other drivers right now. And so it's really tough. Yeah. In-, in fact, I- I'll tell you one of the most challenging things that Colin is doing right now, Colin is the interior guy in Sam's shop right now while he's racing some other stuff. So here... <laughs> You know, Colin is, talk about, talk about an ego hit, right? And talk about, you know, the the intestinal fortitude that that you got to have to be able to go in and work on a car that you were driving last year.
3: Mm.
1: He's working on those cars, getting them ready for other drivers right now, waiting for our funding to to come in. I mean, that's, I don't know if I could have done that.
2: Yeah, I don't know if I could either. It really takes well as you said, it takes intestinal fortitude. it just takes a special spirit
0: that's integrity, yeah, that's the word for that that's integrity um I'm, they and uh, this is this is what high got amazing to me with these two gentlemen being as young as they are because if you just read about them, you would think they were older, yeah, right, right? just yeah. from right. the spirit and the like you say the drive and the connection mm-hmm. that these guys have something miraculous and marvelous happened last year Xfinity series yeah tell us about 2020 Daytona man before Daytona
1: so so if if I can back up just a little bit before right. then because the, the the story sort of starts with um you know Colin did really well in in K&N in fact that first race he all he's supposed to do is just finish mm. he just finished the first race then we could move on to the next size track and he had to run that, just finished, so then he could go to the next size track. And we were only going to do three races, right? Well, you know, Colin's, Colin's Colin. He, he, he's definitely my kid, too. He's He qualifies. He's, he's like, I don't know, 15th or 12th or something like that out of, you know, 20 cars, let's say. Well, he's driving, and he's like, well, I, I can pass this guy, right? So he passes him. Well, I can get this guy, too, right? Well, eventually... In his first race where he's just supposed to finish, he's running third. <laughs> and and it was like, dude, do not wreck this car. <laughs> you're 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 where you need to be. You're at right? everything's good, dude. Just don't wreck, right? right. So anyway, he he, he he gave up a little bit, but he finished sixth in his first race. And that
2: was at Langley, right? Right, it was yeah, at Langley. So not his hometown track.
1: So then we said, Well, okay, well, the South Boston race is like in two weeks or something. And we were not planning on running this trip because we didn't need to. It was, it was another short track. It wasn't we like, well, let's go. Right. Let's go to the hometown track, right? <laughs> well, he finishes third. And then we thought, oh, man, all right. I think we got to do the rest of the season. So then we decided to do the rest of the season. Well, it was Sam wasn't ready. He was no way he was prepared. But we threw this team together. It was, it was a cast of mis- misfits. But anyway, Colin ended up being 10th in the country. And, and I mean, how cool was that? Right. This, Mm -hmm. this whole misfits thing. Well, we, we did it again the next year, uh, again, trying to, to to formalize the team, get some more resources together. But Sam came to me about maybe at the end of that season. He says, you know, if we went Xfinity next year, I think we'd have a shot at not only having a, a, a decent showing a good team, but that series is definitely growing and is more accommodative than what the, the K and N series K and N series was, was felt like maybe it was, it was waning for sure. So anyway, that's how, that's how it happened was that Colin did well. And then the the next year he was what eighth in the country and uh, with not great equipment, the equipment we had. And that's when we decided to go Xfinity, but then we didn't know how. Yeah. And and that's when I went to Lisa and she came up with this crazy idea.
2: Yeah. Well, and the, and the, the veteran suicide thing really, it happened by accident. It's Ooh. just, you know, but, but, you know, they always say there's no such thing as a coincidence. And so I came in to talk with Ron and Colin at the end of October, we started working together in November to get ready for the next season and at the beginning of January, Racing for Heroes called me. They're based out here at Virginia International Raceway right here in Halifax. I don't know if you knew that. Um, and they are a nonprofit that combats veteran suicide. So the only thing that I knew about them was that they do motorsports therapy. And, they, you know, they help people race and get them out on the track to help with PTSD. So I thought of it more as kind of an experience type thing, which is great. But not until I got got out there did I realize that they actually provide free mental and physical health Mm -hmm. services, like stem cell treatments, um, hyperbaric chamber treatments, Mm -hmm. things like that. I mean, it is amazing. They help people get off of opioids. They do job training and job placement. Well, they wanted me to help them develop a national awareness campaign. Well I have to say, well Ryan knows by now I cry easily, but <laughs> I was in tears because my husband is retired navy and I when I was out there all I could think of was how tough it was when he retired. Not that he was suicidal. 26, but 26 years. Twenty six years in the Navy, yeah. Um But it it is a very, very tough transition. People don't realize how hard it is. And all I could think of was all the people that we've known and the people that if they had had access to the camaraderie and the support in something like that, how much easier it would have been. So um, I really wanted to work with them. But at the time, they didn't have any paid employees. So that meant... If I took $1 from them, it was a dollar that was coming out of treatment from, for somebody. And I was like, I can't do that. I just couldn't do it. So before I even got out of the parking lot, I called Ryan. I'm like, yeah, I know I'm kind of supposed to be helping y'all bring in money, but will you put these guys in the car for free? So. <laughs> But he didn't even hesitate because Colin's two older brothers are active duty army, and mm. they—they've always been, even before they were military, they've always been dedicated to supporting the military. So that happened kind of by accident, and they, but they promoted racing for heroes on the car all year. Many of the races, the whole car was racing for heroes. Mm because we didn't really have the sponsors, Ron, Ron was forking yeah, at least over would you the help day. me raise
1: some funds for raising? I'm down $2 million now, right? So. <laughs> I know, I'm
2: like, oh, sorry, Ron. Um, right. But that's how we, initially it was like we were just going to put the logo on the car. This would be a cool thing, and it would have given me a way to help promote them. But so what happened is the more we got to know them and the more special we realized they are, Our brains that we share kicked in and we start looking at each other and going, man, this could be something really cool. This could be awesome. This episode brought to you by Body Aqua Functional Beverages, found by NASCAR's first black-owned service disabled veteran-owned sponsor. Find out more at drinkbodyaqua.com. If you believe
0: this is yours, sir. Thank you, Bud. And this here, you open this up, and and just because you guys are doing extreme, which we oh, as thank we, you. And we continue, and we wanted to do it in, yeah. in, in in NASCAR fashion. You can definitely open that up and, and, and look at love it. I love did, it. I, I own a company. <laughs> One of my companies is uh, Press for Time Tees. Uh huh. Um, and and uh, which questionably. Qu- questionably it is known as the fastest printing company in the universe I mean, <laughs> in the universe oh, i going going awesome. will just believe them but, but, exactly <laughs> exactly i love it um
2: oh my god look at to i had oh, to the on the, Rosie's on the yes, back the roses oh, and racing for heroes oh my god yes, that's awesome yes i mean but uh, but <laughs> this is great. i got to be
0: i got to be honest with you i'm because we're definitely, we definitely going to get into a lot of first time first mm-hmm. that you guys have done, but first I start as I'm reading about Colin, I'm reading about y'all team, and as I'm reading about the team, once again I see, Colin's driving nonprofit. I said, oh, that's a misprint. He's not, you know. Mm-hmm. I went somewhere else. it said nonprofit, nonprofit, and mm-hmm. I'm like. The kid is driving, nonprofit. I was like, does it mean something else in racing? Because <laughs> to, to, as we know, it means for no money. Right, pro bono, yeah. Yeah, and I, that, that type, y'all team is based and built on integrity. That's what, it, and this is what we want you guys to understand at 10 Minutes of Truth. These two people, and they're just, a, 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 a not just, but a presentation of y'all team, man. And I wanna. That's why I had to make those shirts for one. And I wanna give you your flowers now, because uh, as as we said, man, a lot of first time first, and a, a, a first time first happened at that Xfinity when y'all started driving. And I really want you guys to let us know what was the major first time first dealing with that car. You wanna talk? The
2: fun crowd well, under?
0: Well, no, you talk about that. But okay. let let me let me talk about. Um,
1: when we first mentioned, or, or when Lisa was talking to me that, that that first time, and I said, you know, I was willing to support Colin's career mm-hmm. um, to the best I could. Again, we, we, we boy, nonprofit and racing is is <laughs> super
3: true. <right? laughs>
1: but but you know, I mean, and, and I've done pretty well for myself. But again, that's there's there's money, and then there's NASCAR money, right? So so we obviously still need some partners to to help us. But Absolutely. but at first. I told Colin and, and I and I told Lisa this. I wanted Colin's career to mean more than just racing and more than mm-hmm. just entertainment. And there's nothing wrong with entertainment, right? I mean, it's it, it's a pro sport. It is entertainment. It's right. it's really fun. And there's nothing wrong with selling products, you know, through racing either. I mean, those sponsors and partners of all the teams, and 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 we certainly will need some of that as well. But but I wanted his career to mean something more. Mm-hmm. No, we'll get into maybe what the more was. But what I really wanted him to do was to be able to look back at his career when he's 60 years old and see that, that everything he did meant so much more than he was a good driver, he was, you know, all the accolades that he may get uh, from this point on. Anyway, that's what I told Lisa the first time we mm-hmm. met. And I said, I don't even know what that means yet.
2: Yeah, so it was so ironic when Racing for Heroes called me just two months later. I didn't know them. They didn't know me. Somebody referred them. But so, you know, I'm thinking a small logo on the car, and the next thing I know, they've got the whole car. They're at Daytona for Florida Speed Weeks, and Racing for Heroes is on the hood, the quarter panel, everything, and the guys out there just couldn't believe it. But the thing is, in NASCAR, 25% of active duty – are NASCAR fans, and 18% of NASCAR fans are veterans. Wow. That is a huge number of people, and that's not counting their friends and family. So you think 18% of NASCAR fans are veterans. If you layer on their friends and family, you're talking a big majority. So our thought was if just one person sees it, the right person, mm-hmm. it could literally save a life. And my grandfather had killed himself when I was five, and my grandmother tried to when I was eight. So I know firsthand the pain of suicide, I know firsthand the multi-generational effect. Mm. So it became, you know, at first it was like, let's help these guys out, and then it just became so much more because we realized that we really did have a platform that we could actually help save lives through. Mm. Um, and, you know, I'm not saying that, like, we're so awesome. I'm just saying that's the importance of taking advantage of the platform that Colin has. Um, So that fall, sorry, y'all, I'm getting teary-eyed. I'm I can't sorry, help
1: sorry. it. I'm stunned. Right. <laughs> right.
3: So
2: that fall, um, Ryan and I, our brains are going crazy, and about probably... Three quarters of the way through the season, I remember we had a phone call, and I don't know which one of us said it, but we're like, wouldn't it be so cool if the whole car could be military? The whole car could be dedicated to the military. And, you know, I know there have been military cars, Army, you know, and all that, but I'm like. I
1: know I was the one who called you and said that because I said, okay, we've already made this hard. What yeah. if we made this <laughs> yeah, even harder? I remember saying that.
2: Yeah, and right. we're always I like. Love it. This isn't hard enough. Let's figure out. So let's figure out a way that, you know. So, but we just got to thinking that, oh, my gosh, what if we can figure out a way that we could literally have small businesses owned by veterans and military spouses be on this car the very first time in NASCAR that it would have been a truly grassroots military car military community car and the very first time that small businesses of any kind would be able to actually be part of a national NASCAR marketing campaign. So that's when we're like, well, let's try to crowdfund because we had to have some kind of way to come up with the money. Well, we had never crowdfunded. Around about this time, we brought in the Rosie Network because the Rosie Network is founded by a military spouse. And they do mentor, they do entrepreneur training and mentorship. So we felt like that really fit in well with everything else, you know, kind of filled the circle.
1: And think about, I mean, think about how God works here too for just a second. So, so we, so this idea, right? we're talking about this and we're we're excited about it. And we thought, okay, so we just kind of threw that idea out into the universe, right? Well, then Stephanie Brown with, with the Rosie network, she contacts you, right? Well, not, I
2: contacted I contacted her through LinkedIn, and I told her what we're right. doing. Right, I was like, "Hey, I'd love to meet," and we started, and then we talked on the phone. So
1: I never heard of the Rosie Network, and
2: I had neither before then. Right, so yeah. for, I mean, for
1: folks who maybe don't know them at all, you know, it's it's kind of like Angie's List, mm. you know, where you where you go in and, and companies are vetted for you, right? Well, well, what if you wanted to hire a Mill spouse, military spouse, or veteran-owned company. Well,
3: mm-hmm.
1: that's what Rosie's list is, right? So if you want a you, you want a plumber, but you wanted to be a veteran, well, then you go to Rosie's list, and there's yeah. a plumber, and you know, in your area, it's wow. cool, right? That's real cool. So this idea of you know, what if we just had all these small businesses, veteran and mill spouse owned, that have, would never have this opportunity? What, what if we did that with our car, mm-hmm. and then? The Rosie Network contacts us. Stephanie contacts us. Who is exactly that, yeah. right? I mean, it's that, that, that's what they are. It's who they are, and and she finds us.
2: Yeah. So you know, all of a sudden we go. All right, with the crowdfunder, we start going. I, I kept telling Ryan, I would rather have. Ten thousand people with ten dollars than one person with a million dollars or whatever or or <laughs> whatever that adds up to anyway, you know what I mean a whole lot of people with a little right. because that means the passion that's a mm. lot bigger story so as part of our crowdfunder we did put together a crowdfunder for Daytona and as part of that we had what we call the 10 for heroes campaign and any veteran or military spouse owned business that put up at least ten dollars, got to have their logo and website link on our website, and they got a badge. It had the NASCAR logo and Collins logo and said our American Dream Team that they were able to use in their own marketing. First time ever any tiny little business could do anything like that. So we're really proud of that. But our goal for Daytona was $200,000. We actually beat our goal and were able to pay for stem cell treatments for a veteran who has multiple sclerosis from exposure to chemicals while on active duty, I didn't even know that that could be caused by that. But it was so cool because after the first treatment, I might not be exactly right, but it's something like this. After the first treatment, he could stand up. And I had met him, he could not stand up at all. It took two grown men to hold him up. So after the first treatment, he could stand up. After the second treatment, he could take a few steps. After the third treatment, he could walk further. And this past fall, he got on Facebook and said, yeah, the last time I, he said, I just went for my six-month checkup. So he'd go like probably April or May because it had been six months by this time. And the MRI that he had done last spring, which was after the race that was in February, already showed no new lesions many lesions were totally gone and many of the ones that were left had shrunk in size and that was from that one race the extra funding that we were able to raise and so that's one of our goals is through what we're doing we don't want the money just for racing we want to be able to raise money to help pay for things like that
1: we we said, all right, so we need partners, we need sponsors to to join us and them be willing to give up some space yeah. on the car, right? So we want Rosie and Racing for Heroes on the car every time. Well, that's space that we could sell and, and that we need to sell, honestly. Yeah. That that we, we need that money to buy tires and you know everything else that needs to happen. So we said not only do we do we need you to give up a couple of those spots on the car, but we also are raising the cost as well so that after every race we could do some type of and I'm just going to say stem cell at the moment but whatever you know whatever the things are that after every race we would be able to do that some veteran would get you know a a treatment that would help their lives and that we would have a small little scholarship for a rosy business so the other thing that I guess we didn't bring up is that um, the Rosie Network has seven, maybe now, yeah, thanks, so. seven chapters around the country, where they teach mill spouses and veterans how to start their own business, and um, we thought, how cool would that be at the end for someone to you know be awarded a small scholarship to be able to start their own business? So imagine that you know thirty-three Xfinity races. How cool if we could have a whole season where. 33 people got um, a, some kind of treatment, the, uh, medical treatment, and 33 businesses got a little boost to get a start. I thought that would be really meaningful. And that would be worth that conversation of, hey, we want to do all this. And by the way, are you willing to give this up? You're not giving it up. You're actually contributing to the cause, right? Yeah. Uh. It's going to happen.
2: It is. It is. And because, see, the thing is, Ryan and I, we look at everything more holistically, Um, even before we knew each other. It's like life isn't compartmentalized. Everything that you do, business, personal, whatever, everything is connected in some way. So everything that we work on together, we've just naturally kind of expanded out. So we started looking at it and we're like, you know, we're not a billboard. It's just going around a track, like mm. basically other teams, and that's fine. This is not to cut them down, but other teams and pretty much any type of sponsorship scenario out there, you put your money up, you, for X amount, you get your logo on um, whatever it is in NASCAR. It's the car, the hauler and all that. Um, you get your logo on it. You maybe get some passes to the race. No, excuse
0: me. I'm. I'm uh, pardon me. Um, I'm sorry to cut you off. I'm getting a little... Cheerio out myself. Uh, anybody that is listening to 10 Minutes of Truth, whether it's when this airs, two years from now, 10 years from now, these people are not racing, they're saving lives. You guys are saving lives. Thank you. And I really appreciate your contribution. I know our veterans, my father's a veteran, my uncle is a veteran, and they're going to respect and everybody, anybody who is hearing this. Thank you. You can continue. I, I'm sorry. I, <laughs> no, I, but we really appreciate that. that. Thank really you so me. much. And, and the
1: and the reason this the reason this has I guess comes from our hearts, your heart, everybody's mm-hmm. is that we'll never know the actual good, right? Yeah. Because they'll be alive, <laughs> right? Exactly. I mean, they're, yeah. They're yeah. Lives will just be better. We'll never know who mm-hmm. who we helped, and so it it can't be. It can't be, you, there's no numbers to this.
2: Yeah, it's you can't do it for the accolades. You right. can't do it. We save this many lives or whatever. We we'll we'll will know. know when we help people get treatments, but the potential for somebody who just hears the message and realizes that there are these resources available for them and they end up not having the problems that they may have had otherwise – Um, But we started looking at it and we're like, you know, we're different. We don't want to just have a logo on a car. I mean, yeah, it's great to have the money, but at the end of the day, we want our sponsors, and I prefer to call them partners, we want them to get more out of it um, because we want it to be sustainable. You know, selfishly, the more they get out of it, selfishly, the more they'll want to stay with us, you know? So we started looking at it, and we're like, there's so many ways that we can help businesses, even if they're not on the car. They may care nothing about being on the car, but we can help, like, with recruiting, hiring, and training of veterans and military spouses. I mean, one of, like, companies that need to hire people with security clearance, one of their biggest problems is finding people who have clearances because if they don't have them... They spend all the time and money, and then the person might not be able to get it. You know, so recruiting, hiring, and training, um, franchise marketing, because veterans are the number one franchisee demographic, the right. most successful, and within the veteran demographic, female veterans right. are number one within that. So franchise marketing, um, you know, all kinds of things like that that we can actively help. partner with. So if they come and they say, you know what, we have $2 million that we were going to spend on an advertising campaign, you know, just blasting out in whatever type of traditional advertising. If they partner up with us, we will actually help them figure out, okay, what is the problem that we can help you solve? What is your goal? And how can we do it? How can we help? And so we'll help them develop a plan. And then we also have access to a lot of experts all over the world, so that if the company doesn't have somebody in-house that can execute it or doesn't already have like you know a firm that they work with, then we actually have people that we can connect them with, and it's people we know personally, so we'll know whether they're a good fit. So we actually look at our sponsorships as more of us providing a B2B service. Hmm. We're more like consultants.
0: Absolutely. I read a quote that said uh, traditional sponsors have deep pockets. Um, y'all pockets aren't deep, but your hearts and your families are huge. And that is true. Um, how could someone donate? How could you people, if they wanted to donate or, or become sponsors, what could they what what are some of the channels to reach you to do?
1: Let, let me let me mention what we're doing right now. Just with yeah, the, okay. we have. We um, have because there's a couple of different ways to think about how to do this but one uh, one of the things that's that uh is happening literally at the moment um is we have a a, a person who has said well i don't need i want to help veterans that's i want to help veterans i, I, I want to help military families i don't need my name on a car not why i'm doing this i could just give this money to Uh, an organization right and and it would be spent in waste that I'm sure would be would be you know well well used but he said if I can if I'll give I'll match essentially I'll pay for half the car but I don't want to be on it so the other person who can come on can have the can have the whole car but for half the price then it'll it'll support you know everyone on the car right Right. but so their dollars then help the other business get exposure that you can't get any, any other way. Right. There's no way that the company who is going to end up on the car could get the exposure of being yeah. on a NASCAR track and being all a part of this. Right. That's somebody who will be anonymous. Right? I mean, they'll never have their name anywhere on anything. And yet they're supporting not only the wow. race team, but also, um, mm-hmm. veteran owned company companies. Right? Yeah.
2: Yeah, and Mike Evock, the founder of Racing for Heroes, he's a retired Green Parade. He quite frequent, quite frequently will have people say, well, why shouldn't we just give money to Racing for Heroes? Why should we give it to the team? It seems like it'd be better to give it to Racing for Heroes. And he tells them the team is a force multiplier. And, of course, anybody who is military knows, is familiar with the term force multiplier and he says giving $10 to the team is like giving racing for heroes a hundred dollars because they could never get the exposure to reach the people that they are able to reach through us. And of course, by getting that exposure, then they also end up meeting up with companies and developing corporate sponsorships and stuff for racing for heroes itself. Mm. You know, so it helps them with fundraising. But the the team site is OurAmericanDreamTeam.com, dot com, and there's a, I think on the homepage there's Venmo on there. But anybody like if somebody just wants to donate because we don't have the crowdfunder up right now. But there's also like a contact form if anybody is interested in talking with us about partnering or you know reach out to me, Lisa, at lisakipsbrown.com. I'm happy to talk with you about, just explore. You know, we're not like salespeople out there to, you know, bully somebody into joining the team. We just want to have a conversation. What do you need? Can we help you? Can we help you do it better than you could otherwise? And probably, hopefully at a lower price, And also you're helping people at the same time. And, you know, a lot of companies now are looking for corporate social responsibility type campaigns because they know that younger people now would rather spend more money with a company that they know supports a cause that's important to them Hmm. than spend less money, you know, than get it cheaper from a company that they don't agree with socially or whatever. So it's actually a good investment. Mm. To to partner with us.
0: Thank you, um, y'all. Is a the team. There's a quote, Ryan. I want to. This is a quote that Lisa has said. Uh, she says, oh, "You just have to get out there and live it, try it. You know, talk, learn, read, and mostly use things." She was actually in one of her interviews. She was talking about her husband. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> She was actually talking about her husband, yeah. y'all. I, I, I think he's 76? I think he's
2: 74, 74 <laughs> yeah, yeah.
0: 74 years old, and you were talking about he's more savvy uh, due to you being, you know, a re- uh, web strategist. Uh, but, Ryan, it seems that is a cornerstone for you guys. Absolutely. Um, and, and, and that's phenomenal to have that, that type of team. And we're going to get into some first-time first what we said, but honestly, it seems like, you know, Y'all have old school values with some young guys, right? Some young guys, because they want to do something that's traditional. They want to race together their whole careers, right? So I really want our audience and any audience that hears this to know what they're listening to and who they're listening to, because this is, this is bigger than NASCAR. Yeah, This is bigger than sponsorships, right? This is about family, And this is about saving lives. So once again, I really appreciate you guys. Um, How many times have we said that, that Right,
1: (laughs) this happens to be NASCAR? I mean, we've said that to each other. It
0: happens to be NASCAR, but I'd have a ball doing this no matter what it is. Absolutely. I went down a list of first time first, right? I'm just going to name a few, and then I'm going to just lob this up. One of the first time first is a uh, first time small businesses had the opportunity to be a part of a national NASCAR campaign. That was the first time first mm-hmm. listeners. All right, first Xfinity Series crowdfunder. Right. Okay. First car sponsored. Right. In a race by only veteran-owned small businesses. That it, it, to me, when I started just researching that it let me know that you guys were for real, that y'all the truth. And that's why, you know, 10 Minutes of Truth, we really needed to have you here, right? Um,
1: so let, let, let me tell you So some truth in there, too. Okay. So, um, you know, we're supporting Racing for Heroes specifically, mm-hmm. right? We're supporting Rosie Network specifically, mm-hmm. and there are some other veteran right. projects that, that we can talk about as well. But But because... I say they, they grew organically. There's a lot of organizations that will throw veteran on the side mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and in some way market themselves, right? As right. veterans, something, right. whatever it is. Many, many, many of those pop up and then they're gone, right? Well, when I learned Mike evox's story, which was he personally was having challenges, right? He was the one, if you go to the website and, and listen to, to the uh, interview that he has, he couldn't sleep at night. He had, you know, the the traumatic brain injury mm. issues. He was challenged. And when he was working, he started working on his race car because he couldn't sleep.
0: Right.
1: Well, then he found that working on his race car, doing all these things that now Racing for Heroes is doing every day, those things helped him personally. And mm. then he decided that he would get some of his buddies to come with him. And this thing grew out of Mike. And, and him solving a problem for himself, and then he saw, you know what, this would help others, right? Right. Stephanie the same way. She couldn't find a company when her husband was, was uh, um, Deploy. deployed. She couldn't find a business that was, if she wanted a plumber, that was only a veteran plumber. And she thought, you know what, okay, well. I guess I'm gonna to have to do this, right? And she, from that issue, she's the one who took that problem or that issue and created the Rosie Network. Mm. So to me, it was the authenticity of these two people, right, just solving an issue, just helping others along the way that I thought, yeah, them. Those are the people I wanna help. Not that there aren't tons of right. veteran projects out there, right? right. Yeah. But um, but but that was the truth to me that I said okay th- these are the ones.
0: That's beautiful, wonderful. Um, well,
2: I want to say right. um, also the first black-owned service-disabled veteran-owned sponsor in NASCAR. That's right. Sherman Williams Jr. is an Army veteran, retiree, and he actually created Body Aqua. It's a functional beverage. One of the beverages is skin support. It has nutrients specifically for the skin. He actually created that idea out of the adversity that he experienced in the Iraqi war zone. Wow. By seeing people drinking, drinking, drinking water, but still basically being de- dehydrated because it didn't have the nutrients they need. So we're really proud of that. And, you know, I wouldn't have said, I don't, this might not. I don't know if if this is going to come across right. I wouldn't have said first black owned because as a white person, I would be afraid that it would sound like we're trying to co opt that. Kind of like what Ryan said about people just putting a veteran sticker on the side. So I wouldn't have have said that, even though I was thinking, oh, this is really cool. But Sherman called me last spring when, you know, everything is erupting all over the country, and he said, we need to talk about this mm. you know this is something we can openly talk about this and you know help people realize that white people and black people we can work together we can do really good things together and he wanted to have a positive story out there to, to kind of counterbalance so that's why we talk about that
1: yeah we're just saving lives right yeah <laughs> not matter what absolutely. we look like absolutely right? we're saving lives
0: absolutely and that just shows, um, you know. Some people would say, you know, NASCAR has changed for the better. Some have changed for the worse. Um, but diversity, and yeah. I'm sure, you know, that's that's an aspect of diversity. And I know that you've probably seen uh, much diversity uh, the little time that you guys have been in NASCAR, correct?
1: Oh, absolutely. Mm-hmm.
0: And uh, that, and that's, and and that's phenomenal to just. Have that, and I, I once again, we really that's a first time first, yeah. That's the first time first with uh with Mr. Williams, um, and and whatnot, right? So, uh, how many uh veteran owned businesses are you guys connected to?
2: Oh gosh. I, I honestly, I mean, at least hundreds. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, I don't have yeah. like a list of all of them because really? I, I mean that first go round yeah. there
1: was over a hundred on Wow, yeah, the website, um, right? yeah, on the yeah. the first really?
2: crowdfunder, yeah, yeah. So I don't even know, and I've built up such a huge network through LinkedIn and you know through my own podcast and through me guesting on others. So yeah, I don't know, and see everybody. People that I've met over the past couple of years, you know, they bring their own network. Mm. So, like one of my friends that I met, she's a retired uh, army veteran, and she has a podcast called The Truths We Hide that she started because of her own issues that she was dealing with from trauma and so forth. And she has guests on that talk about the truths they hide. Because everybody thinks everybody else's life is so perfect, hmm. you know. And so she brings people on to talk about the things that people don't normally want to talk about. Her name is Annette Wittenberger, by the way. Okay. And the podcast is called The Truths We Hide. But she has a huge following. So it's like, you know, it's like a spider web. Yes, Every, You know, when you connect with one person, you're not connecting with just that one person. You're connecting with dozens or hundreds.
1: Yes. And you know, that, I mean, that sounds like a lot, right? I mean, hundreds we said, well, so a lot of them are very small companies, right? We're just trying to help give them any exposure that we can, whether it's through the websites, um, the business opportunities Mm -hmm. of just connecting them. Maybe they never even get on the race car. They just connect. I mean, you know, Lisa has her own podcast and all the things she's doing. I mean, it's, it's just cool to watch Connection after connection after connection in in some way, right? Some way that, that benefits folks. But um, I guess we ought to talk about why the crowdfunder kind of stopped, though, huh? Oh,
2: yeah, because of COVID. <laughs> <laughs> so we were so excited because, like, yes, you know, we did we it. We did it, yeah. And so we just felt the traction. You know, right. we were ready to... Hit the ground and then, like everybody else, COVID hit. Ooh. So, you know, we're not going to run a crowdfunder and ask people for money when they don't even know if they're going to have a job. Right. So, we shut down the crowdfunder. And of course, NASCAR didn't even race for months. We didn't know when they would. And when they finally started back up, we didn't have funding. We were able to get enough funding for several races. But um, we did just run a small crowdfunder recently um, trying to help us get to Talladega on, on April 24th. Um, and we're working on some ideas for, for future crowd funders, but we would love it if any companies out there really want to do something unique to help your company, whether it's to help with employee morale or whatever, you know, marketing, anything, talk with us and see how can we help you because there may be something really cool that we could do for them that's a fraction of what they might pay somewhere else, and they actually get a lot more out of it. It's like my friend, Daryl Hatton, who I also met through this. He's not a veteran, but he's the founder of um, Fundraiser, F-U-N-D-R-A-Z-R, which is where we did our last crowdfunder. He's from Canada. But he and I always talk about building a business that's more than money, building a heart-led business. So if people have, if, if you want your business to mean more than money, there's nothing wrong with money hey, I want money, <laughs> you know, right. but it needs to be more than money because nobody, you know, the old saying, nobody on their deathbed says, I wish I had more money, hmm. you know, so. Well,
1: and it, I ended up when I was a partner with the firm I'm with, I, I would I would end every meeting with, every big meeting with, you know, remember that the only thing that lasts is something that you give away. Hmm. right Right. it's it's the only way that is the truth so so you know amassing a a big pile of whatever money gold real estate doesn't matter right i mean it could be interesting Mm -hmm. right and 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 it may be it may be one of the goals of life but literally it's only going to stick around it's only going to last if you give it away and so all of this that we're creating um has that element to it right which is everyone is is giving something that is mm-hmm. multiplied 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 for for everyone and, mm. and and who knows what this becomes yeah it, it'll I be mean, something bigger than, than yeah than us
2: somebody else will pick up the yeah. torch and figure out a different way right. i want to say something about sam and colin that i meant to set meant to say earlier when we were talking about them when we first met with um uh, stephanie the founder of the rosie network we all went up to dc and mike evott racing for heroes founder was there and Sam and Colin both were very um self-conscious about not wanting it to appear that they were using the military and using veterans mm. just to be able to raise and that that brought tears to my eyes because mm. that was they weren't saying how much money can you help us bring in they were actively saying to Stephanie This is a really big concern of ours. One of Sam's best friends is the Navy SEAL. And then, of Mm -hmm. course, like we said, Collins, both of his older brothers are active duty. And, you know, that was a real concern of theirs, that they didn't want to be seen as people who were taking advantage, uh, you know, slapping the sticker on just because it benefited them. And I think, to me, I know people twice their age that wouldn't think that way.
0: Exactly, because... You know, talking about integrity, and I have a three-year-old son. Oh. I do. I have a three-year-old son, a four-year-old daughter, and, you know, I, I didn't have the best relationship with my father, but as I was studying you and your son, Colin, and the integrity, and just like you just said, and, you know, being scared at first and, and, and having your son, how do you teach someone integrity like that, man?
1: Yeah, I I, I don't know if you... Consciously can teach that, right? Ooh, I mean, right? I don't. That's probably the wrong way to say it. Certainly, you want it in your, right. yeah. you know, in your thoughts as you do it. But, but your kids see you. I mean, I'm a deeply flawed man, right? I, I we, we yeah, all Jill are. We, yeah, Jill said Yeah, it. exactly. <laughs> right. She knows better than anyone. I mean, I'm still I'll I'm, I'm right. a deeply flawed right. man. Right. Every it, we I, all I, are. Yeah, we yeah. all are. Right. Um, but your kid sees you. You know when the camera g- right. is turned off, right? Yeah. I mean, your kid sees you how you react to everything, yeah, right. right? Right. And 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 stuff they don't even know they're picking up, right? So I, I I think that's a big part of this and why whether it's a father or a mentor, I'm sure you must have had a mentor right. then mm-hmm. right. uh, that that, that helped you. Um, there's somebody right. in your life, hopefully, right. that that is teaching you that even if you don't know you're learning it, yeah. right? That there is.
0: There there's the teaching that's going on. Right.
2: No matter and you're now the mentor to so many, Absolutely. I'm sure. I,
0: I I try. I definitely yeah. try. But it's just fascinating story. This is a fascinating story. And once again, anybody who's listening to Ten Minutes of Truth, we really want you guys to pour in to these individuals. Y'all have done a spectacular job, continue to do a spectacular job. Um I can't I can't say enough about what I've learned and the, just a little bit of time that I've had, I feel like I'm I'm, I'm a part of the team. <laughs> you, you are know? A part of the team. <laughs> I'm absolutely a part of the team. Yeah. I thank you, um, Ryan. How can people get in touch with you? First and foremost, the the best way to do that is through our American Dream
1: Team dot okay. com. Yep, do it through the team. Um, that's that's just that's the best way to do it. Okay, and
2: and it comes to us. Yeah. Okay, you know yeah. we don't have a bunch yep. of people. Okay. that are filtering through. If it comes in. It comes to us. Now, right. If you're a solicitor, we're not going to answer because we're too busy.
0: Right, right. <laughs> we get
2: well, we spam all job. the time, absolutely. I know. But, um, but, yeah, if you really are interested in partnering with us, please do reach out through that.
0: Absolutely. And I do believe that Thumper is very proud of you. Oh,
2: thank you. <laughs> <laughs> That's
0: so I do believe. I do believe so. And <laughs> uh, in, in saying that, because I have to say this in ending about your book, uh-huh. Yeah, uh, which is uh, the uh, boomer cash out. The reason yeah. I want to speak about that uh, briefly is because of what you were just saying about... And this is the integrity that you have in the heart that I'm learning you have because the book is based around when a person goes to sell their business, you help them maximize what they could yeah. get for. Sure. And I've never, you know, read any book like that mm-hmm. or you don't hear a lot of people talk like that. Yeah. You know, so it just shows... Who y'all have on the team, man. And I I really appreciate you. thank you. you. I appreciate that. that. I really appreciate the both of you guys. Um, Like I said, this is Sean Boxdale. This has been 10 Minutes of Truth. This has been a spectacular episode. Thank you, guys. Thank Thank you you so
2: much for having us. All right. This episode brought to you by Nomad Raceways, founded by Marine veteran Joseph Wind. Nomad Raceways brings the racing to you. Find out more by Googling Nomad Raceways today.
0: If you'd like to become a sponsor or advertise on 10 Minutes of Truth Podcast, contact me, Sean Barksdale. You can reach me at 434-446-6633 or shoot me a text. Or you can reach us at 10minutesoftruth.com. And remember, we'll always provide a platform for your truth on the 10 Minutes of Truth Podcast. What's your truth?